Christina Driscoll, host of the She's Brave podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me. When our son was five, my husband was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. For the next 12 years, I learned how to be brave, resilient, and live my best life. On the podcast, we're going to meet so many amazing, brave, authentic, and resilient women who share their own journeys of how they learned how to be brave and are now living their best lives. Step into your best brave life with me, and let's go on this journey of how to be brave together. Hey everyone, it's Christina Driscoll, host of the She's Brave podcast. Today I have an amazing special guest. Her name is Mary Jane Duquette. She's a registered nurse. She's also owner of MJD Legal Nurse Consulting. She is a legal nurse consultant working for a safe and just healthcare system. She's also a professor at St. Joseph's College in Maine. She's also the podcast host of the Just Culture podcast. Welcome, 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 Mary Jane. I'm so excited to have you because you're on fire. You're super passionate about what you do. Your mission is to help create a safe and just healthcare system. So I want to start right there. I know you're a registered nurse, but how did this all come about with you fighting to make the healthcare system better? Oh, yes. Well, first of all, it's great to be here. I'm happy to be um, talking to you on your podcast. So my story really comes along as I was working as a nurse. It was kind of like series of unfortunate events, one right after another. I started working not as a nurse in the medical field, but as a clinical assistant. And I had a really positive experience. And then once I became a nurse, things changed. I got my first job in a hospital and was suddenly forced to work 12 plus hours. Only 12 of those were paid. I couldn't take a lunch break. I was getting sicker and I couldn't handle working that job. So I switched to a home health job. And in that job, I was treated very poorly as well and suffered a lot of bullying from other nurses, from leadership and from patients even. And as I continued to transition, I just saw all of these injustices, if you will. And it really bothered me. But then once I looked up and like got out of my own way, I realized I wasn't the only one. All of them were going through the same thing. And then I started speaking up because who knew? I tend to have a big mouth. And if something's not right, I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to speak up. That is not well received in this field. You're supposed to just go along with whatever people tell you to. Um, But that's just not in my core values. So speaking up for other people, people started, nurses started to come to me and with their situations. So I started to just adjacent to building my legal nurse consulting business. I just saw so much that I started my podcast and really birthed this whole mission of working for a safe and just healthcare system because our patients deserve it. And you and I are going to be a patient one day, maybe. And I mean, we all deserve it. Absolutely. So that's super interesting, Mary Jane. I wanted to share with you that my own mother was a nurse in a hospital in the 1960s. And she experienced all the things that you experienced. I think it was even worse back then. She worked in labor and delivery. And sometimes 
she had seen so many things that she knew when a doctor was doing something wrong, but they weren't allowed to say they weren't allowed to contradict a doctor. Like even if they knew the doctor wasn't medically doing the right thing. And she all throughout when I was growing up in the seventies and eighties, she said to me, do not become a nurse. You don't have a voice. You work really, really hard. You're not treated with respect. The doctor's always right. You're always wrong, which is not true. Can you tell me a little bit more? I mean, just from the little that you said, it really does sound like it still is to some degree that way, but do you think it has improved to some extent too? I think it's still that way in many respects, but I do think we're on the road to taking the first steps to improve in some locations not in all. You know, you have to think about how the whole nursing profession was birthed. We came about to assist the doctors in taking care of more patients than they could handle. And so as this profession that is supportive in nature, our job was always to, you know, meet the gaps in care. So the doctor would come through and and say these orders, and it's our job to carry them out. And as we've gone through the years, nursing has evolved. So now it's this whole independent, not independent practice because we don't diagnose, but we actually care for patients and the doctors only really see their patients nowadays, maybe five minutes a day, 10 minutes, yeah. if they yeah. two separate rounds. So mm-hmm. doctors are actually really relying on the nurse and the nurse's assessment skills. If the nurse doesn't catch something soon enough, then it could be a worse complication than if the nurse could catch it right off the bat. But there are still some doctors and some cultures where they don't want to be wrong and they don't want to accept what the nurse is saying. I have an example of this where I had a a patient who was declining and I was telling the doctor, I just thought it was a urinary tract infection. I had been smelling this person's urine all day and, and it smelled really bad, but they wouldn't order a urine sample to check because I don't know why they just wouldn't do it. So I had to go um, behind the doctor's back and call in my manager. I had to call in other providers that could maybe do an assessment. And finally, I got someone to listen to me, but I was working a 12 hour shift and it took me all of 10 hours before somebody would give me an order for that urine sample. And that patient, I was right. That patient did have a urinary tract infection. We started antibiotics. They turned around, they started to get better and were discharged from the hospital. Mm -hmm. So that definitely does still happen, but there are channels and protocols in place where you can now go up the chain of command. So if your doctor's not listening to you, or if you're in a teaching hospital and it's a resident and nurses have been nurses longer than residents have been doctors. So a lot of times we do know a lot more than them. So there's a protocol that you can kind of go over their head to get the patient the care that they need. That's just one symptom of a whole slew of things that I see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm so inspired by just the the 10 minutes that I've spent with you. You really are the perfect guest for my podcast because you have really found your voice and you had the courage to speak up. And like you, you just said about 10 minutes ago that, you know, a lot of the other nurses were not speaking up, but but you did. Were you always that way? Or did you learn to do that? How, I mean, it's just so important for us as women to speak up. And a lot of us think that it's been ingrained to not ruffle people's feathers, you know, just go with the flow. But really when things aren't right, we do need to speak up. Tell us more about that. So I think as a child, I was always, I always wanted to do what was right. Mm -hmm. right? I always want to follow the rules 
do what was right. If I didn't agree with something, I was speaking up, I was asking questions. And that's just sort of carried with me. And then as a nurse as well, if I don't agree with what a doctor's asking me to do, or if I think there should be something more, and I tell them and they can't really, I expect them to tell me why they're not, you know, ordering the the urine sample or something. But Mm -hmm. I can kind of, I mean, even for me, sometimes speaking up does come really easy. But the consequences of speaking up sometimes will make you think twice, especially in this field. Uh, Like I said, it's not really well received. So if you speak up to say, you think that the one of the policies need to be changed, or you have questions about something or your concerns about the way a patient's giving care or some or someone's giving care to a patient, or I've showed up to a first day on the job to a new nursing home, I thought maybe I would try that for a change. And I only worked there that one day because they tried to give me a 36 patient assignment. And I said, I wasn't taking that because it's not safe. That only gives me like, I don't know, six minutes or whatever you do the math to care for all of the patients. And it wasn't enough. So I, yeah. That's crazy. I don't, I don't know if you were aware of, but you know, my, my late husband, was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. It was a 12 year journey. And towards the end, he, he really did need a lot of care and the care ratio was one-on-one. It wasn't cheap, but I made sure because he needed that. I mean, that's what he needed. Yeah. Yeah. And some of these places, I mean, I showed up to this one place and they were like, here's your patients. And they handed me the, the list on paper and it was like three pages long. And I counted, I'm like, there's 36 people here. I can't take care of 36 people. Even if all I do is like just pass meds and like pop pills in people's mouths, I'm not going to get through 36 in in my shift. And that's Mm -hmm. not taking a break at all. And they, instead of hearing my concerns that it was unsafe, Mm -hmm. they turned it around to me and said, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do it? All the other nurses do it. And I said, it's my job to advocate for my patients. And it's my job to decline an unsafe assignment. And I'm declining this assignment. And they said, well, if you're not going to work according to our ratios, we don't want you back here. Luckily, I was working for an agency. So I didn't actually lose my job. But I wasn't welcome back at that facility. Nor would I have even tried to go back because I'm not going to put my own license and those people's lives in danger. But there are so many people who are they like she said, all the other nurses that work there are showing up and that's their ratio. And they're not speaking up and not saying that it's unsafe. I mean, there's no way they're getting all the work done. No, there is no way. And it's the consequences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they would all get fired unless they literally all spoke up. Right? Yeah. That's, That's where the power is. Yeah, I just, I absolutely love your attitude though. You're a nurse, you're an RN who... Really, you said my job is to be an advocate for the patient. That's what every nurse should be saying, but I don't think they are. Do you? No, no. I think it's getting better. Um, mm-hmm. The newer nurses that are graduating have, it, it kind of depends on the culture that they're stepping into, right? Because if it's a culture where there's a lot of bullying, they could easily get like brought into that culture. But a lot of them at the same time have I don't know what it is, but they they are more prone to ask questions and speak up a little bit. I know with my students, I teach nursing students, I always will sit at the end of every, we go to a clinical and take care of patients and we'll sit and I'll say, 
you know, they talk about like microaggressions or people just not being very nice to them. And we encounter that and we sit down and we talk about it and how it's not right and different things that you should be doing and you shouldn't tolerate that. And I feel like if everybody was kind of taught that that was normal, it would be a lot easier to change the whole culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it, it's cool though, that is changing. Like just those last things that you talked about, that it's not okay people for people to be disrespectful to you. So I do see some change coming about in the industry. I want to know more about your consulting business, MJD Legal Nurse Consulting. Tell us how that came about. Well, it came about by accident. I was working for a home health agency and just live in my best nurse life or what I thought at the time. And I had a friend who had a legal case. They were working with a lawyer. It was a family law issue. And there were some medical issues that were kind of getting in the way of them settling out what the custody would be of of a child. And they didn't quite understand. They had the medical records, but they didn't understand what the disease was or, or what the issues were. So I was asked by my friend to look at everything and then sit down and tell them what it all meant. So that's what I did. I got the records, I reviewed it. And then I sat in a meeting with my friend and uh, my friend's attorney. I educated everybody, made them essentially the expert in what was going on. I later ended up going into court and educated the mediator on that issue and the other attorney. And once everybody sort of got a handle on what was going on, the case settled for the best way possible for everybody, most especially the child. And I walked away from that. I did all of that work for free, by the way. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just helping people. And I walked away from that experience. And I was like, this was so fun. Like I was so lit up that I felt like I found my home in nursing. I felt like for the first time I was using my nursing skills and abilities And I could see tangible, like I was helping people. Everybody appreciated my work. I had never experienced anything like that as a nurse. And I was like floating on clouds after that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's uh, something just really, really struck me hard. You said I had never experienced anything like that as a nurse. And I think that's why so many nurses end up burning out, quitting, it can be a very, very thankless job. And for our listeners out there, I just want to say, you know, next time you're in the hospital or, or, you know, a loved one's in the hospital, I have to say, because my mother was a nurse and I heard all the stories, I've always been that person that says to the nurse, thank you. You know, thank you for taking care of my husband or whoever it was knowing that it can be a really thankless job. Mm, Yeah. That probably would make someone's day to say thank you to the nurse. It is a very thankless job and it is really hard work, but I think the heart of like the nursing burnout, because if you think about the heart of burnout by itself, right? Burnout Mm -hmm. is when you're asked to go against your internal values, right? Oh, I love that that definition. Yeah. And so you have this like inner conflict because you have these values and you know the type of care you want to give. And we come into nursing because we want to love people. And we want to care for people and we want to do good, just like I did with my friends. And we want that feeling. We want to do that. We want to see people that we made a difference. And then we're in a system that just wants to make money most of the time. 
And because of that, we don't have the support that we need. We don't have the supplies that we need. And we're often working, you know, they have laws that are going out now for staffing ratios and for a medical surgical unit for someone like if you're not in the ICU and you just go in for wound infection or you just come out of surgery, you should be having like four patients per, per nurse, except we're being given six, seven patients per nurse. And there's a lot of research that actually shows that above four, the more patients a nurse has, the more likely her patients are going to suffer an injury or a mistake because she's just being stretched too thin. And we know this. And we show up and we know that we just want to love people and make people better, but we can't all the time. And because the pressures and what we're asked to do is the total opposite. Mary Jane, I have to just say, I, I just wish that this conversation between us could be shared all over the globe. What you're saying is so, so, so important. It's just, wow. You know, and I love the fact that you know, you're so passionate. You're incredibly passionate about doing this. I can totally tell that about you. And you've just jumped in and you've even said that lately you've had a lot of nurses reach out to you, wanting you to mentor them. Tell us a little bit more about that. Nurses are looking for a way to fall in love with what they're doing again. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them are, others are looking to like disassociate. So they're going to go travel, right? That's why there's the whole travel because Mm. some nurses will take this situation and say, all right, I'm going to go travel because there's a lot of money. I don't have to stay. I'm not in the politics of this hospital. I, if I don't like it here, I'm only here for X amount of weeks and then I can go somewhere else. This is so interesting. Yeah. And it doesn't, it helps with the burnout and then you can have a break in between your assignments where you can just like, get recentered and recharge and then go do it again. And just when you get to the point of burnout, you're done with that assignment and you can go somewhere else. That's kind of what some nurses or a majority of nurses I'm seeing are doing. But recently I've been getting a lot of people in my inbox, like, I'm really interested in what you're doing as a legal nurse. Can you just tell me what it is? And because I think what they're resonating with the fact that you know, if you're on the legal side of things, then even as a nurse, even if you don't use the legal nurse consulting training to consult with attorneys, you still have that training when you're in the hospital. And you can advocate for your patients better advocate for yourself better advocate for your unit in your hospital. And wow, you're just a lot more powerful that way. Yeah, I think I know this is fairly new for you. And I think that this is just the tip of the iceberg for you. And I just love how you're spreading the message of patients deserve really good care. Nurses deserve to be treated with respect and not burned out. I mean, I I happen to know, I've been hearing a lot about friends of friends who are traveling nurses. And I've heard also there's some conflict because they will get paid a lot more than the regular nurses. So the travel nurse comes in. And they're getting paid a lot more than the, the, you know, full-time nursing regular staff. So that causes a lot of problems too. And I just love how you're bringing, you're, you're literally shining a spotlight on this issue because healthcare isn't what it used to be. And for a long time, I've wondered, 
why is that? What's going on? Why are we not getting the level of care that we used to? And we're all affected, like what you said, all of us, even you and me, because you know, <laughs> pretty much everybody needs some health care at some time in their life. And I love that that you are speaking up and that you're speaking out. And I, I just have, as I said, I have a feeling this thing is we're just at the beginning. I have a feeling we're going to be having another conversation in a year. And it it's just going to be on a whole different level because you're you're putting the spotlight on something that needs to be fixed and improved. And it's so it you know it's bold and brave. Like you're very modest. You're you're saying to me, oh, like, I I just speak up, but it's brave. It still is brave to have to speak out and go against the grain, like you have been doing. Do you have any last words of advice that you would like to share with my audience? So no matter what you're doing in the world, if you see something wrong, or if you if something doesn't feel right, that's honestly, sometimes that's all I get. It's just this gut feeling in my stomach that like, there's something more here. And then that prompts me to like, look into the situation a little more. Mm -hmm. And if you get that gut feeling, just listen to it. And mm-hmm. see where it leads you. It, it might not be anything or it, it most often will be something. But just trust yourself and you'll know what the next step is to take. Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Mary Jane, for coming on to She's Brave today. Because I think, as I said, this particular problem that you are working on is so incredibly important. And I think the work has just begun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey everyone, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy life to listen to today's episode. I love learning about what makes you brave. I'm here with you, I see you, I hear you, and I want to hear from you. I want to know how you're showing up as being brave and authentic. Connect with me on Instagram at She's Brave Podcast or come join our community in the She's Brave Podcast Facebook group. I'm sending you so much love. Until next time, keep being brave.